Patrick Elias with 2.32 left in the third. And the Devils have taken a 2-1 lead. Here's Grossman with a wrist shot and Bodor snatches it out of midair. Here's 88. Lindros makes the move. And Lindros is powered down to the ice by Scott Stevens. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. Happy Labor Day, everybody. It is Monday, and a lot of people don't really know what Labor Day is all about. I certainly didn't know what it was about for a good number of years, so I want to give you guys an interesting fact. So, celebrated on the first Monday of September every year, Labor Day is a creation of the labor movement and is dedicated to the social and economic achievements of American workers. It constitutes a yearly national tribute to the contributions workers have made to the strength, prosperity, and well-being of our country. That is courtesy of DOL.gov. So thank you for that information. So basically, we're celebrating people who make this country great. So if you know someone who's working their tail day in and day out, work nine to five, whether it be blue collar, white collar, whatever the case might be, make sure you thank them because they do work really hard to try to make this country great in their own personal way. So that goes a long way. And just a simple thank you can make someone's day that much better. And also, from what I heard, you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day, but I I, I don't really uh, know how that works. Like, I don't know when it's supposed to end because, like, uh, does that mean you're not supposed to wear white all year round? Because after Labor Day, then, you know, where, where's the end date? And uh, by the time next Labor Day comes around, so I, I guess just don't wear white year in and year out, or don't wear white ever. I don't, I don't know what the case might be. That always confused me. So if someone has the answer for it, please hit me up on Twitter, Trey Matt Four T R E Y M A T T and the number four. So let's get down to business. So so guys, I'm gonna level with you for a second. So I just want to give a spoiler. It's just me for this episode. I'm not bringing in a guest. Don't worry. It's just me one on one talking to you guys this time. I know it's been a couple weeks since we've done that, but you know I love bringing guests in and just giving a new perspective and things of that nature so it's just me for today and uh i'll level with you guys for a second so uh at the time of this recording it is september 2nd 2020 and you guys are probably wondering wait 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 why are you filming monday's episode so early like what what's the occasion well you guys i I know i've been behind the eight ball a little bit by posting episodes like tuesday and then ending it on saturday but that's not good i know that's not what you guys want because going based on my listenership numbers when I view those episodes. So I know a lot of guys don't get the notification, especially when I post it late at night. I think there were a couple times last week where I posted the episode at like 9 p.m. because I was so behind. But you know what? I know that's not what you guys want. And on Labor Day, I do expect to be out and just hang out with my friend. And you know what? I don't want to be just hanging out with him the entire day and thinking, oh man, I still got to make an episode. I still got to make an episode. What can I be? Yes. But you know, I don't want to do that for you guys. So I am making this episode early. So why am I telling you guys this? So hopefully... Uh, Ever Fitzhugh already spoke on my show Friday. I'm I, I'm just going to presume that he already did. So you guys are probably wondering, how were you able to get Ever Fitzhugh, who is the play-by-play announcer or will be the play-by-play announcer for the Seattle Kraken, like how did you pull the strings to do that? Well, as some of you guys might know, I already kind of sort of have a little bit of a relationship with Ever Fitzhugh because we met over the summer and we kind of been exchanging information and, you know, one thing led to another and now I'm getting written about. Uh, I get my own show. This is how I got the, the offer to be on the Locked On Network, which I'm 
forever thankful for because I love you guys so much uh, because of Ever Fits You. And you know what? I wanted to pay it forward and just bring him on the show and just give him his perspective on hockey and stuff like that. So let's just presume uh, if you hadn't seen last uh, Friday's episode, Ever Fits You appeared on the show. So give that a listen if you hadn't. And if he didn't appear on the show, if by any reason that, you know, the the whole conversation just failed or we couldn't get around to it, I will have Ever Fits You appear on the show later. Uh, and you know what? I don't feel like editing this out. So let's just play it two ways. It's option one if he was on the show after two if he wasn't on the show check out friday's episode either way because i hope you guys enjoy it and so let, let, let's get down to business so anyway i want to talk to you guys about something something i've always wanted to discuss with you but never get around to doing because these last few weeks have been kind of hectic for me and i've been bringing in a lot of guest stars and things of that nature so let's kind of talk about something that i wanted to talk about at one point but didn't really touch on too much and you know was kind of putting off and i think now it's just a good time to do it before everyone forgets so in honor of Labor Day, let's talk about uh, one of the hardest working newspapers in the USA, and that is USA Today. That's right. I was written about in USA Today, as some of you might already know, but I never really told the story of how that came about, what the article was about. And also, just recently, some aftermath happened, and I want to share it with you guys. So let's talk about that. I was written by USA Today. How did that come about? Well, let me tell you the story right now. So I want to give you guys the full authentic uh, experience of what I was going through, what I was thinking at the time. So I'm going to read you guys the direct message that was sent to me via Twitter and how I reacted to it, what I was thinking at the time, because this is a big deal for me because USA Today, that's national news. So all 50 states in the United States will read it. Canada will see it. Uh, Asia will see it. Puerto Rico will see it. It, it. It's like it was a huge deal because this is going to uh, this is good exposure for me, the station I work for, and also the team that I do play by play for. We're getting national and international attention. So this was good for me and how exciting it was. So the reporter that sent me the message, I'm going to leave him anonymous because I didn't consult with him before the making of this show if it was okay if I could use his name or not. So for privacy reasons, he will remain anonymous. He said, hey, Trey, my name is a reporter with USA Today. Hope you're well. I'm working on the story on Ever Fitzhugh and how he's making his way as a trailblazer in a predominantly white sport. He told me you had reached out to him after he got the cracking gig and said you have been inspired by his path. Would you be willing to hop on the phone with me real quick for a interview? Shouldn't take more than 10 minutes, but I would love to get your voice in our story about what a story like Everett's means for a young journalist such as yourself. Thanks for the consideration. Please let me know if you're interested or if I can answer any questions you might have. Thanks, man. So basically, when I saw that message on my Twitter feed, I was just in shock. I was in disbelief because I had just woken up. So I had woken up uh, that morning and, you know, just imagine, like, that's the first thing you read as soon as you get out of bed, just like, Oh my God, everything is happening so fast. USA Today, oh my God, I'm in disbelief. I know I'm repeating myself, but this was amazing. So obviously I said yes, and I said yes, let's do this as soon as possible. So we got on the phone like an hour later, and no, the conversation wasn't for like 10 minutes. It, it lasted for, I'd say, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. It was a full-fledged one-on-one -on -one conversation because I was willing to tell him everything and just open up. So, you know, this is just, a this is just amazing. And I, I'm just like telling my mom, I'm telling my dad, I'm telling everyone, well, not everyone. Cause you know, I wanted to keep it uh, as, as secretive as possible because I didn't know how much they would use of what I said in the particular interview, because, you know, I thought the story would center more around Ever Fitzhugh and what he's done and his accomplishments. And I thought maybe I would just have like a few sentences or a paragraph, or maybe they wouldn't even use me at all because, 
you know, they have the right to do that because once you give your consent to those reporters, the writers, the publishers, whatever the case might be, it's up to them of how much or how little they want to use in their story. You know, if it's relevant enough, if it fits, if it flows enough, you know, what, whatever the case might be, they might not even use me at all. You know, my dad kept me honest with that. He told me like, they might not use you at all because, you know, it might not fit with what they were trying to do. And, you know, that that can't happen. And there's nothing I can do about it because, you know, you know, you can't really sue them. You can't really do anything like that. So, uh, you know, it, it's life. And but when I saw the story, I was just so happy. I was satisfied because me and my father and everyone else, we were just stunned because it actually centered around me a good chunk of it because I thought it would just center around Everfitz Hugh at first, but it started off with me towards the middle. They got different people's perspectives, different interviews, but towards the end as well, it was about me and it was a good chunk of it, like a good chunk of what I told them from what I did at Adrian College to what I did with Everfitz Hugh to what I told them in the interview. Everything just uh, fit right into one. Now, he didn't use everything I said, but you know, like I said, we talked from like 30 minutes to an hour. I forget how much time it was exactly but you know we talked very thoroughly and I said a lot of things and you know what uh, he can't use everything, otherwise it would be like three pages or something like that. So, you know, when you're talking to someone that long, sometimes you need a boost. You need some energy, and I am tired of taking caffeine pills, and I'm tired of taking these energy drinks. It just doesn't do it for me, so I need something else. You know what I take? I take a Bilt Bar. So, anyway, back to the story. Wait, wait, wait a second. You don't know what a Bilt Bar is? Let me tell you something about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. The improved Bilt Bar is even more delicious. 18 amazing flavors, including nuts. Nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Oh my gosh, this is delicious. I've already had a few when I go out to the gym and they are super healthy too. You're probably thinking, wait a minute, these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Uh, 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 sounds like an unhealthy snack. That is not true. As I stated, Bilt Bars are healthy. Bilt Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bilt Bars are are low in calorie, low in sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. And you, yes you, I'm going to make an offer that you can't refuse. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. There we go, I repeated it so that way you don't have to rewind it. Go to BuiltBar.com and get your Built Bars right now. Anyway, I was really happy with the article. I shared it on my social media. I shared it with my school. I shared it with the team that I did play-by-play -play for. And, you know, I just shared it all over. And people were also sharing it, reaching out to me. People who said, hey, Trey, I consider you a friend. Uh, congratulations, brother. People I didn't even know who considered me friends. Uh, l listen, people. Uh, if you hit it big time, trust me, there's going to be people who are crawling to you saying, hey, yeah, we were friends. I considered you a brother, stuff like that. And you'd be like, no, you didn't. You didn't even wish me happy birthday. Don't try to jump on the bandwagon now. You should have done it when you had the chance. But no, no, that's just a that's just a fair warning to people who uh, do hit it big or start or are like me on their way to maybe hitting it big. I'm not saying I hit it big because, you know, if I say I hit it big now, I'm on the verge of peaking. So, you know, it, it will die out and I just got to work hard to you know keep the momentum that i already have so that way i can build on it even further into the future so that's advice to everyone when it, the going is good don't be satisfied because like that high school jock you can peak
So people are sharing it on their Facebooks, uh, mostly family members, because uh, that's who really have me on Facebook, because I use my Facebook for work at this point. So, you know, a lot of people in the Locked On Network sharing it, my school sharing it, all these press releases. It's very cool and it's very humbling and it's very exciting just to see that I'm getting this amount of recognition and acknowledgement. So let's actually go through the article and I'll read you guys snippets of it and I'll give you my reaction and what I was thinking at the time and also just what does Everett Fitzhugh mean to a guy like me, someone who's an African-American in a predominantly white sport who's just trying to work their way up the ladder and just, you know, just try to be a difference maker in the sport. So let's take a look at the title of the article. It's called, If He Could Do It, I Could Do It. Obviously, that was a quote from the article that I said during the interview. And the rest of the title says, How the NHL's First Black Team Announcer Inspires the Next Generation. So that's actually kind of cool to be like, hey, he's got next, so keep an eye out on him. That's a, that's a really cool thing to say that, you know, I'm up and coming and that a good representation for the next generation or the next generation of minorities who wants to break into the a sport like hockey that's predominantly white so that's pretty cool and humbling to say so the article starts off by saying trey matthews thought there was no way he could be the only one he was right but only barely a student at adrian college which is about 70 miles southwest of detroit matthews wanted to do play-by-play and joined the school's tv station last fall he was assigned to hockey a sport he had little knowledge about so that is actually true i did i did have an interest of doing play-by-play and I added communications as one of my majors because I was originally going to Adrian College as just strictly a business major. But my mother was telling me, she was urging me, in fact, saying, you need to do play-by-play. It's your calling, Trey. You need to do something in sports if you want to have a career and be happy with it. Because let, let that be a lesson to everyone. Sometimes there's a difference between liking your job and being successful and just being good at your job and being successful. So some of the people who are good at their job and successful, they usually don't really have a good life. They're kind of miserable at what they're doing because you know what? You can make a high salary doing something, but if it's boring as hell, if it's not your calling, if, if it's just a drag just to get out of bed every day to go to it, you don't really enjoy it. So that's uh i gotta give credit to my mother for doing that so shout out to moms they always know best so you know um i actually didn't know that adrian college was 70 miles southwest of detroit like you know i don't know directions all that well all i just knew was that it was 90 minutes away from detroit so you know i grew up in detroit michigan my entire life or for a good chunk of my life i currently reside in philadelphia pennsylvania with some family residing in new jersey so you know um that that's actually pretty cool that uh, this reporter went into detail to know where Adrian College is located because Adrian College is not uh, in Detroit. You know, when people think of Michigan, they think of like Lansing, Detroit. That's all they think about, and and also Ann Arbor because of the University of Michigan, Michigan State, and just Detroit because everyone knows about Detroit, but they don't really know where places like Adrian's located. So that's actually pretty cool that he went into detail to do some research and find out where it's at. So I talked about this with Harrison Watt in my open discussion with him a few weeks back. I I believe that was a month ago. Uh, Check that out if you haven't already. Uh, His first broadcast, in his words, absolute disaster. So much so that complaints to the station eventually led to a reassignment. Matthews determined to stick with hockey, asked to cover another of the school's seven teams. He was eventually assigned to the Bulldog ACHA Division I women's squad on a trial basis. So here's what happened. I talked about this with Harrison Watt, as I stated, Matthew Karnecki. I think I've stated it in various amount of episodes. My first broadcast was an absolute 
disaster. I was nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't prepared. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> the next day when I went into work, um, I, I asked the student director, I was like, hey, did you get a chance to listen to my broadcast? Because, you know, I, I didn't see it on the station anymore. I didn't see it on our YouTube uh, channel because, uh, you know, they privatized the video. And he was like, yeah, I saw it. And we got a lot of complaints. We got an eight-paragraph email from the Abin building saying it was an insult to the game of hockey. It was very Bush League. And basically, they didn't want me on hockey ever again. It, you know, it was a disaster. But, you know, it wasn't It was, wasn't really my fault because I was thrown directly into the fire. So, you know, imagine you're going to work. You think you're about to do one thing. And then instantly without, you know, this is just my second day on the job. And just instantly they're like, hey, you want to do play-by-play? Because I don't feel like doing it. Because it's just like... Whoa, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't have an introduction lined up. I don't know what to say about the players. I know nothing about the team. So, yeah, it was an absolute and utter disaster. And that's the thing. When you're doing these interviews, you have to be honest and you have to be vulnerable with yourself. Because, listen, if I would have said, oh, yeah, it was great, it was magnificent, it was wonderful. Because, like I said, the USA Today articles... They're published everywhere, international, nationally, whatever the case might be, as I stated, across all 50 states of the United States and a lot of like European countries, Asia, Canada, whatever the case might be. So I don't know how many people would, but they might try to like look me up and see if they can find my first broadcast. I don't know who would go to great lengths to do that. But still, hypothetically, if they were to do that and they find out you know, my broadcasts are this or that and how horrendous it was because I'm not sure if ACTV unprivatized the video or not. I, I don't really want to check it because even I don't want to watch it. I don't want to listen to it because knowing what I know now about broadcasting, it was absolutely terrible. And quite honestly, if I was the student director or if I was the executive producer of ACTV, I probably would have fired myself. I would just be like, dude, you can't do this. That was that was just a disaster. That's not how you do broadcasting. You have way too much to learn. I don't think you could do it. So, you, you know, it, oh man, uh, it, it was embarrassing but you know you have to be vulnerable you have to be honest because if someone goes back and you know listens to that broadcast and says no it wasn't good it was disastrous like you didn't know what you were doing then guess what they can exploit me and just you know call me out for being a liar and then all hell will break loose and then no interviewer wants to you know talk to me ever again and just you know be honest with yourselves when you're doing something like this be honest with yourself. If they ask, be vulnerable because guess what? The truth will come out in the end and you do not want that to happen. So just uh, a thought for everyone who's you know trying to get into the public spotlight. Let's continue with the article, shall we? So he immersed himself in the sport. He bought a hockey video game and played it until he could recite the rules. With each broadcast, he progressed. Yet as a black person calling hockey games, he still felt alone and unseen, isolated in a field nearly universally white. So... There is some truth to that. Uh, so first of all, let, let, let's talk about the truth, which is I did buy a hockey video game and I played it like nonstop for a week until I was saying this or that correctly. I, I was like, OK, this is that and this is that because I was listening to like Doc Emmerich, you know, call the game uh, in the video game. So it was like, OK, listen to what Doc Emmerich says. Like, you know, it's not the same, but at the same time, it gives me the basic understanding of what a broadcast should sound like in a particular hockey game because a lot of stuff I did say at first were unorthodox and just clear, like, lack of knowledge of broadcasting because uh, a lot of people were saying, like, we love his energy, but it would just be better if he just knew how to broadcast just a little bit better. So, you know, that was the thing. So, and during the, the season, I wasn't even thinking about me being, like, possibly the only black 
hockey play-by-play announcer because there was still a lot I had to learn. So I wasn't in it for the wrong reasons. So like if, if I'm just in it to make a political standpoint, if I'm just in it just to be seen, if I'm just in it just to, you know, make a, a point about something, I'm in it for the wrong reasons. So yeah, I, I it came to my mind, but I didn't really think of it too much because I was just enjoying what I was doing. I was calling a hockey game. I'm I, Clearly, I'm an African-American. I love the group of girls that I was doing play-by-play for. And, you know, I love the organization. So that's all I was thinking about in the long run. So, yeah, I, it did cross my mind. But obviously, when you're, like, writing an article, sometimes you have to spice it up. You got to juice it up just a little bit more so that way the story flows a little bit better. So that way, you know, he can lead on to the next point, which is how I met Everfit Well, quote-unquote, I've never met him in person because, you know, with the stay-at-home order, no one can leave their house. So, And also, he lives in a different state. But, you, you know... We, we were able to get in contact with each other. So um, let's continue. So Matthew's father told him to do some research and see if there was anyone else like him out there. So the thing is, I did actually find Everfit to you before, uh, you know, my dad told me to like, you know, see if you could reach out to him. So that that was actually kind of wrong a little bit. And, you know, obviously I can understand how that got mixed up a little bit. But the truth of the matter is I knew who Everfit You was, but my dad was encouraging me to try to reach out to him of some sorts, whether it be like Instagram, Twitter, email, whatever the case might be. So, you know, my dad was like, try to reach out to him and see what could happen. And that's how I met Everett Fitzhugh because, you know, I tagged him in my Twitter post of my story about being a black broadcaster in a predominantly white sport of hockey and, you know, the things I went through and how I see a lot of similarities. And, you know, that's basically what the rest of the article was about, stuff that I already discussed in last episode, which was Friday. So if you guys want to know more about it, check out Friday's episode. Again, I am recording this on September 2nd. Like a day before I'm scheduled to interview Everfit Hugh, but I already know what I'm going to ask him, so just bear with me. So, and if it doesn't happen, uh, here's just basically the gif of it. You know, I tagged him in a Twitter post, he responded to it, and basically snowball effect happened. So, I'm written about twice, one by the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder, which is one of the oldest black newspapers in uh, Minnesota, and then USA Today, I get my own show, which is this show, the Locked On Podcast Network. They reached out to me saying, hey, we need a host for these shows. Which ones do you want to do? And I picked the Devils because, you know, I have some sort of history with the Devils, and we'll talk more about that in a future episode because I want to save that for another time. But basically, the rest of the article stated about whatever fits you meant to me and basically what he's doing right now so obviously i was so excited when he was named the head play-by-play announcer for the seattle kraken because that's just you know legendary right there because that's uh making a difference he's the first to do something and to and i'm just honored and humbled that usa today was willing to reach out to me and just say let's do this interview we want to hear your side of the story so basically that is my side of the story which is I tag him in the post and then we exchange information and without him, I'm not in the situation that I'm in. That's also in the uh, article if you hadn't read it already. So basically that's all that happened in the article. And I must say, I give this article a 10 out of 10. Yes, there was just one part, just one part, as I mentioned about me and my father's, uh, you know, exchange that was a little incorrect, but that's just a minor thing. That's like, that's so minor. I don't even know why I'm discussing it now, but still, you know, this article was really well written and it'll be in the description if you guys want to see the full article. So basically that's whatever it fits you means to me, a person of color in the sport of hockey and that's my story with them and I see a lot of similarities between our broadcast together and you know what 
Uh, that's something I'm going to do in the future. If you guys want to hear snippets of my broadcast and I'll tell you guys what I was thinking at the time. Of course, it won't be the main focus because we have to talk about the New Jersey Devils. But, you know, if you guys want to hear like some bonus features, sort of like, yeah, let's call it just a bonus feature. I'll give you guys a highlight of one of my favorite calls in a broadcast and tell you guys what I was thinking because, you know, we can expand on it and just have some fun with it. So, yeah, I've listened to a, a couple of his broadcast highlights and I see similarities. And, you know, what? I'll put the uh, link in the description description if you guys want to hear more of his highlights but you know that that's about all the time I have for you guys and that's basically what I wanted to talk about just the story of how I was interviewed by USA Today basically what the article centered around and I'm just blessed I'm honored that I was able to get not maybe a full feature in USA Today but it did heavily center around me and I'm just glad that Ever Fitzhugh contributed to it and a few other people contributed to it. And also, I learned something new that the Seattle Kraken, they're trying to expand on hiring more people of color, more women. And that's just excellent. That's something that every organization needs to model after. So be more about action and less about being performative in words. And the Seattle Kraken, even though they're not an official NHL team just yet, they have to wait a full calendar year before they hit the ice. They're already making a great example in the NHL. And that's something I admire. So, uh, so shout out to the reporter who interviewed me for USA Today. I appreciate you. I'm honored. I'm blessed. I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm just forever grateful for this opportunity. Thank you to Ever Fitzhugh for giving me these so many of these opportunities. You mean a lot to me and my family. And just thank you to you guys for listening to my show. And just I know sometimes we don't always talk about the New Jersey Devils, but you guys bear with it. And just you guys seem to enjoy when I talk about other things, too. So thank you for that. There's just so many people I want to thank, so many people I want to be grateful for. And, you know, we just don't have time to go through it. And maybe I'll just save that for a few months when we do our Thanksgiving episode because, well, I don't know if I have to post an episode on Thanksgiving. depends on when Thanksgiving falls. Uh, what date, you know, I, I know it occurs on, on the last Thursday of every month, but, you know, I don't know whether if I have to post something or not, but, you know, that's always up in the air, and wait a minute, Canada's Thanksgiving is next month, so, you know, maybe there's that, but anyway, that that's about all the time I have for you guys. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey, and if you want to read more about the article, the link will be in the description. There's my story about being interviewed by USA Today, and I can only go up from here, and remember, do not peek. Everyone can peak. If you are living your best life right now and you're not in your 60s or whatever, then you really are on the verge of peaking. Just a warning.